Sequoia, you're listening to KA19, Sequoia's official podcast. I'm your host, Jackie B, and right here next to me, I have Dominic. Dominic, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Jack. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. On the desk with us today, we have Connor Keep, co-editor-in-chief, and Maya Chari, a reporter from the Panther Prowler, Galen Pender, an editor with the Westlake Arrow, and Natalie Delansky and Blake Sari with The Lancet. Guys, how are we doing today? Good. Good. Great. Great. Well, that's good to hear. Well, we would just like to thank you all for coming in today, and we hope that we can spread some good insight to the public with this podcast. So to start off, why don't we go around the room and have you guys tell us a little bit about your school newspaper and how long you've been involved with it. Let's have the Prowler go first. Connor? Uh, yeah, so I'm Connor Keep, uh, and our school no- newspaper is uh, 100% student-run um, and funded by uh, the students, not by the school. Um, and I've been on my staff ever since freshman year. Uh, and I applied as an eighth grader over the summer, and <laughs> I was lucky enough to make it into the the Prowler. So you know, it's been an experience throughout my whole high school career. Awesome, Maya. Have anything to add? Um, uh, so I've been on the Prowler since my sophomore year. Um, I'm a senior now, and um, I'm just a reporter. But I have been reporting kind of exclusively on the school board um, since. Uh, I would say spring of last year, kind of towards the end end of the year. Cool. Kaylin, do you want to tell us about the Westlake Arrow? So uh, for the Westlake Arrow, we have a CP class. It's like a training class. And so I took that freshman year, and then I joined the staff sophomore year. And we have a staff of 33 people this year, which is our biggest staff ever. And it's completely student-run. We're always growing. And this year's actually our 40th anniversary. Oh, nice. So we're celebrating that. Great, great. Natalie? Um, so I've been on the staff for a year now. This is like my second year. And it's a totally student-run paper. And this is the Lancer? Yeah, the Lancer. Gotcha. Um, I've been on the staff since, I'm Blake, I've been on the staff since uh, my freshman year on the Lancer. Um, I actually emailed my advisor over the summer of eighth grade and somehow got into the class and um, kind of took over the media side of the Lancer and then um, really revamped our website and made our paper into a hybrid paper for uh, Columbia. Um, so we've just been working a lot to improve our tabloid paper. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Yes, it's, it's really cool how it's all student run and it's, and it's all about just informing the community or just any of the happenings. And, and this actually leads me to my next question or this week's topic, the CVUSD school board election. Kaylin, it's to my understanding that all of you participated in a joint panel. Interviewing the school board candidates, is it something that is you know, traditionally done every election season? So I'm not exactly sure if it was done last election. I heard it was, but I mm. was not as involved in the paper at that point. Um, I definitely think it's something that's valuable and should be done in the future, though. Cool. Um, I know that our paper, and I remember the Prowler came to TO um, my sophomore year, and they did a joint interview. Um, and we kind of modeled some of our questions after their questions. That's cool. Yeah, I think we pretty much followed a very similar format for this year that we did in 2016. Cool. So, like, was there... Like, what was your goal for having the interviews in, like, the first place? Or just what were you hoping to get out of it for just interviewing? Um, well, as students, 
Um, we kind of have a unique perspective on things that happen in the district, um, and our papers are often read by both students and the community. So um, we wanted to ask questions that were kind of um, in tune with what was what was going to happen to the students when these people are elected, um, and how they wanted to benefit the district and benefit the students. So it was kind of more keyed into how the students themselves would benefit um, by this election. That's really cool. So since this was a joint interview with the three high schools, where did you hold the interviews and how did you generate your questions for the candidates? Um, we held the interview at Thousand Oaks uh, High and I know I generated a lot of our questions from going on their websites and looking at what their goals are and their agendas for um, what they would plan on doing if they get got, got a seat on the school board um, and kind of elaborating on their concepts um, to get a better understanding of how they would affect us as students. So did your teacher or advisor have to give you the okay on your questions or did you have pretty much free reign? Um, our paper is 100% student run, so really our advisor can only <coughs> step in if she thinks that we'll get in like trouble with administration or the school board or, or whatever, but really it comes down to me and Natalie, the editor-in-chiefs of the paper, to decide what goes in and what doesn't. Nice. So uh, looking at the Lancer, uh, you recently published the future of the Board of Education. I see that the candidates had had some questions, some similar questions, and uh, some were different. Were they able to review them ahead of time, or did they have to answer them on the spot? Uh, they were not allowed to review them ahead of time. So they had no way to prepare, they just had to know. Uh, for, for me though, I thought that um, having some diversity in questions across the candidates would be helpful because candidates have like way different agendas. You, they're like totally polarized um, across the spectrum. Um, so asking the candidates different questions I think is necessary because some questions can be tailored to some and others have to be tailored to others based on what they plan on doing if they get elected. Of the, of the candidates that you did interview, uh, what theme kept popping up with uh, their answers? This is to anybody. Like was there a consistent answer theme or anything, uh, patterns that you noticed? Um, I don't really think that there was a theme or throughout every single candidate. Um, just due to you know their beliefs, uh, you know you had some similar um, answers between people who had similar I guess agendas, um, but throughout all of them, I wouldn't say that there was a you know specific answer that everybody had for a s specific question. Yeah, I actually think that we got a lot of polarization um, on a lot of our topics, so there were a lot of two-sided things, which was good for our paper and, and good for our publication because we were able to publish something interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, all of these candidates have been attending school board meetings and they all are very different, um, both politically and socially, so it was interesting to see those differences. Cool. So so was there any, like, I, I know the answers were very, sometimes were similar, but was there any issues or concerns brought up by, um, by each of the candidates? That's uh, one question I'm wondering. It's for anybody who can answer that. One of the main things that a lot of candidates talked about was that they were, while candidates didn't have the same ideas on certain topics, there were certain topics that did repeatedly pop up that candidates uh. gave their different opinions on. Mm -hmm. And one of those was um, student enrollment, and then there's also uh, issues over parent involvement and um, on the student voice and how that should be in the district, and we heard a lot about that. So, like, um, are, are the newspapers planning on doing like a follow-up interview for the election or before it actually? 
Well, the Arrow just released, um, we did video interviews as well as these interviews, and we had five of the eight candidates participate. We offered the opportunity to all of them, and we uploaded those to YouTube um, last week. And that was to kind of give people um, another, like, where they get to see the conversation happening. Um, and we'll probably do more stories after the election, but those aren't currently planned. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned um, student enrollment. How, how, what, were the, what was their different opinions? Were, were they all like sort of the same idea, or were they very different in their opinions on that? Well, one of the concerns in this election is that student enrollment levels are falling. So each of the candidates had their different ideas as to how they can improve that student enrollment. So um, for example, like talking to people and seeing why they would leave the district or why their children were going to private school instead of public school. And also, um, different candidates had enrollment as a priority on different levels. So some candidates um, had enrollment as a very high priority, and others um, had it as a lower priority and weren't really, um, you know, worried about the lack of enrollment this year or the lower enrollment. Um, so that was interesting as well. I also found it interesting that some of the candidates, like the, the school board slate, was um, pushing. They want to push more affordable housing in the Canal Valley as opposed to the other candidates like Mike Dunn, Amy Chen, um, Angie Simpson, They're, they want more specialized education, they want um, more options for students, they want more options for, if students want to homeschool, they want more class options uh, regardless, like in your schedule. Like I know some students at TO, um, they, can't get, they can't take the classes they want because they have uh, conflicting schedules, like um, AP Photo or whatever is only offered one period a day and they have a conflicting um, class uh, elsewhere. So I think that's, one of the other things that the candidates pushed. Nice, thank you for elaborating. So with just under a month to election day, why do you think this election is so important to the community? Um, so, you know, recently there's there's been a lot of controversy with the school board, um, and it's very two-sided and there are a lot of different viewpoints, and I think the community really wants to see unity within decision-making in the board. Um, and so that's what a lot of these board members are or board candidates are um, going out to present is to present unity. Um, so that's that's what I feel people are, are looking for right now is, is unity amongst candidates. Could you explain that a little bit more, unity? Yeah, so um, there's been a lot of polarized issues um, in the past year concerning different things like an opt-out policy, um, the movement of the school, you know, incorporation of different, you know, aspects of human nature and, and society into curriculum and and people are have very different opinions on that on the school right. board um, and that has fostered a lot of um, n negativity at the board meetings um, and between board members and community members and so I think people are just really trying to see a unification between the community and the board so that um, you know things can be done and decisions can be made. Interesting. Uh, so, what are your uh, what are the opinions of um, all your classmates at um, about the elections? This is to anyone. I would say at our school, it's again, um, we don't really have a s you know specific opinion. Um, uh, I just think uh, that everyone um, make like has made their own choices, and uh, we don't really have one dominant group at our school. A lot of people at our school are interested in the election, but a lot of them can't vote because most of us are right um, seventeen. Some of us are eighteen, um, who are seniors, um, and so. That's another issue that has come up with student representation is the fact that many of us are interested but um, we're unable to participate in the election. Uh, I think it's really similar to Newbury at TO. Um, a lot of students 
just aren't really into politics at CO. Um, I'm in AP Gov, and a lot of the students in my class really could care less about what's going on in the election. Um, the only thing they really care about is <laughs> like the presidency, but I think the problem with a lot of high school students is that um, a lot of them are ill-informed and they get their news from Twitter, and Twitter isn't always the most reliable source for news. Right. Yeah, and also I think just to expand on that, like some students might not be as interested because they're leaving school since like the seniors, so they feel like it might not affect them directly. Right. Mm -hmm. That's another thing, but um, if you went to school in, in a Caneo Valley school, um, you actually vote in the school board election until I'm pretty sure until you establish residency somewhere else. Um, so it's like my older brother, he's studying at University of Arizona. He can vote in the school board um, election here, mm -hmm. um, but really how will it affect him? So it's just getting yeah. high school students involved in the election process when they're in high school, so then they stay involved um, as they grow up. Um, if a community member wanted to learn more about the interviews with the candidates, how would they, uh, how would they go about that? Uh, well, at, uh, for the Panther Prowler, you can visit our website at uh, pantherprowler.org, uh, where we have the transcripts of all the questions we asked to each candidate posted, and uh, not sure how it works for the other schools. Yeah, ours, uh, our transcripts are also published on uh, tohs.org. Um, Another thing that uh, community members can do is go on the specific um, candidates' websites. Um, I found that really helpful for me when establishing what each individual candidate's agendas are for the future. And uh, we are uploading our part of the transcript to our website, which is wessexarrow.net, later this week. And then also for someone who's interested in hearing from all the candidates in one setting, there is, um, there's a few more forums that the community can go to coming up hear directly from those candidates. Um, we also published our three of our questions um, that our staff chose collectively in our most recent publication of The Prowler, so our in-print issue as well, so you can get that at Newbury Park High School. So um, this this meeting that you guys held, did uh, was everybody in attendance that's running? We invited all eight candidates, um, but and they all attended except Mike Dunn had conflicts with um, various things that so we weren't able to find a time that worked for him, but we did an interview with each of the other candidates. Nice. So um, what, uh, what were some of the questions that you asked the candidates and what were some of their responses in summarized form? So uh, one of the questions that the Arrow asked was, if you'd been on the school board last year, what would you have done differently? Because there has been a lot of controversy over the past year about different things that the school board has done. And this could be uh, like whether they wanted to do something the same or whether they would have done it differently. So um, we found that a lot of the school board members to that, or candidates to that question wanted to find more unity and just more conversation and not as much tension and um, like, um, fighting or anything <coughs> like that. Unity, so that's a very strong theme that I'm seeing a lot. Is that, so is that within school or within parents or the board community? Like how, did they mention anything specific on that topic of unity? So specifically, I think they were talking more about on the board itself and just those five members working collectively as a group to ensure the best for the students. Better and synergy. Then, yes, and then also um, listening to the constituents, so that be the parents and the students and the community members, and working with them to make sure that it's the best for everybody. Gotcha, nice. 
Uh, probably what, what were some of the questions that you asked the school board members? Um, so one of our questions was uh, we asked the uh, candidates whether or not they supported the Vote 17 initiative. So that is an initiative that has been, um, you know, successfully done in Berkeley, California, where students 16, 17 years of age are allowed to vote in local school board elections. Um, and so we asked this question because we, we knew it would produce kind of a polarized response, and it did. Um, some candidates were very in favor of Vote 17. Um, some were, were extremely against Vote 17. So um, Angie Simpson, Amy Chen, um, they were both against Vote 17. Um, Did and they then, say a specific reason why? Yeah, so uh, one of the main reasons that seemed to be circulating was that students aren't mature enough, um, as the legal age is 18, to be an adult. Um, you know, students don't aren't able to harness that responsibility, um, right. and so it should be 18 because 18 is the legal age. Um, one of them cited that 18 is the age that you can join the army, so therefore 18 should be the age that you can vote in your local school board election. Was there like um, anyone who supported the rule um, brought any ideas of, of why it should be a, why it should be a, a, a rule? Yeah, so um, that's one of the problems that a lot of people have been citing with the school board um, is that there is disconnect between the school board and the students who are the school board's constituents. Um, so a lot of the candidates who supported um, Vote 17 um, were supporting student voice. Um, so they believe that if students are able to vote, um, you know, student initiatives will be able to be more effective and they will be more keyed into what the students actually need um, and want. Um. Lancer, did you guys ask any uh, interesting questions? Um, one of our main questions was about how our district is constantly uh, producing high test scores, but um, in return, we're getting declining enrollment. Um, so we kind of touched upon this earlier, but that was like the main point that we kind of pushed um, mm -hmm. was how can we stay on top of education? How can we stay on top of enrollment numbers um, to continue to get uh, funding from the state that's uh, strong enough to maintain uh, the school that we all um, know and love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what were the uh, what were the candidates' responses on that? Were anybody have strong opinions or different opinions than what you thought they would say? Um. A lot of um, like Angie Simpson, Amy Chen, um, pretty much anyone that wasn't on the uh, the teachers' union slate was more for pushing um, individualized education. Um, which is kind of totally different um, than what the teachers union is pushing because they want the teachers to have more choice. They want the teachers to right. have control over the students' education. Um, whereas um, the other slate, I guess you could say like the Republican slate, um, wants the parents to be more involved. They want parent involvement. Um, so it's just totally different. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think that the school board's job is to, I think the school board should be informing parents and also giving the teachers the room they need to um, make decisions best for their students. We also asked a question about um, what their plan was to underfund extracurriculars like um, like band, uh, ASB, the center at TO. Um, they really didn't have an answer. Their, most of their answers were kind of dancing around the question. They really were talking about how they would allocate funds to these different um, programs, but there's really nowhere to pull the money from. Some of them were talking about applying for grants, um, taking money from elsewhere, but really there's no plan to help underfunded activities because t uh, California is like, I think it's ranked like 45th or something in funding for education, which is kind of ridiculous considering 
Um, the income tax in California is one of the highest. So uh, I don't think that the school board can really change how extracurriculars are funded. I think that has to change at the state level um, for education funding in general. So were they all in favor of more funding or were they more sort of playing it down low so they could focus on other things? Um, I think every single candidate is focused on the students, um, regardless of what slate they're running under. Everyone wants to help the students. They want the students to be successful. They want the students to have a better life than they did. Um, but it all comes down to funding at this point. Like, money is everything, and I think that the school board members need to have a strong financial background in order to um, create a budget that really um, helps everyone. We also asked a question just along the whole lines of, you know, student engagement, student health. We asked them how the school board candidates um, would prioritize student mental health, which is a problem often in our schools nowadays. And um, there were also there was also a lot of confusion with that. Um, some of the some of the board members were really into, uh, you know, having more counselors at school. Others suggested things like PE um, and or healthier foods. Yeah. yeah. So there was. <laughs> A lot of different responses in that question as well. It was interesting to see. <laughs> one other question that we asked uh, Cindy Goldberg was about um, mental health, and one of the things that she really wanted to push throughout all the schools was the breakthrough program. Um, she has students who all graduated from um, CVUSD, and she thinks that that program is really good for helping teenagers get through addiction, um, depression, anxiety, really anything. Um, related to mental health and um, she plans if she gets elected to put more resources towards that program and programs like it um, to help students um, be the best they can be. Were any other candidates in favor of that as well or mainly just, just Cindy Goldborn? Um, she brought it up in specific. Um, she brought up the breakthrough program by name. Um, no other candidate um, brought up that program in specific. So um, when all these school board candidates become elected, or the ones that do, um, will you guys be running individual stories or almost like a follow-up of the board, or, um, yeah? Uh, for the trailer, we will be um, covering the, uh, yeah, the winners and see how, uh, what they're gonna, their, their plans for the next two years on the school board. Gotcha. The era will probably be something, but we haven't planned specifically what yet. So probably a story, most likely on our website. Uh, the Lancers print deadlines don't really fit to um, the election, so we're probably just going to end up publishing something online and then put it on Twitter. Great. Cool. Awesome. Any uh, last-minute comments that you'd like to let our viewers know where they can find this information or anything else that you'd like to just throw in there? Well, I found it really interesting to see the different ways that candidates would approach problems because we're giving them the same problems to solve, but they have vastly different ways that they would approach them and different interpretations even of the questions that we asked, like such as, um, well, like the way that they would approach um, funding. Some wanted to increase enrollment because that increases the funding for different programs in the schools, and others wanted to focus more on finding other places to take that money from. And then... Um, it was also interesting to see the similarities between some of the candidates as well in their platforms. Um, I thought it was interesting because I, I had seen all of these candidates over the past two years, basically, that I've been going to the meetings um, and watching them speak at the meetings and public comments. Um, and I thought it was interesting how their platforms compared um, in our interview to the ones that they expressed the many times that they spoke in the public comments. Um, 
I would recommend going back and watching board meetings if anyone has the time or you know going to live board meetings because they are open to the public um, and seeing these candidates um, speak about their um, opinions and their you know their motivations um, in public which is a really neat experience do you know where these board meetings are held yes they are held at the Conejo, the new Conejo School. Conejo High Valley High School. Conejo Valley High School, yeah. It's, it's the district office. Oh. It's near the library, the TO library. Yeah, I know where that is, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, for me in particular, I think that these interviews really uh, kind of opened my mind up to um, the candidates. Um, for a majority of my life, I've had like a pretty polarized view on politics and even like local politics. Um, but talking to each candidate in specific, like it really changes your mind and it really opens your mind up to their ideas. Um, and I really think that the community needs to get to know their candidates better because these are these elections are probably um, affecting their kids more than any other election like that they're going to vote in. Um, and their candidates are accessible. They open, they do forums, they do coffee, they do whatever. Um, and talking to them is totally different than reading their Twitter feed, reading their website, um, watching a video online. It's just a totally different experience asking them questions and getting their feedback. So you would definitely recommend going to a talk or even just listen in on some of their opinions to broaden the playing field? Yes, 100%. Yeah, and I like just to add on to that, like if you go talk to these people, you can ask your own questions maybe that we didn't ask in our forums or that haven't been asked yet that are maybe particular to you. And uh, Another thing I thought was very interesting is uh, that we got to learn a, a bit about their experience and their past um, from them, and uh, you know it gives a, a more like personal insight rather than you know do you just see like this figure online or something like that. Yeah, great. Were there any questions that were sort of burning desires that you wanted to ask each of the candidates? So I have one question that I always like to ask. I ask it in. Forums. I asked it in one of the public forums that I went to. Um, it didn't get asked because it was kind of a weird draw system. But I want to know um, if the candidates, any of them think that it is their prerogative to use religion as a justification for a board decision. Um, so that's been a really big part of um, you know, the controversy in the board in the past year. And I think that's a very important to ask question to ask candidates before you decide to vote for them. Nice. Anybody else? I personally like asking the candidates how they plan on listening to the student voice and encouraging students to participate in going out and talking to those students and how they're going to build bridges to have those conversations instead of just making assumptions. Oh, did any of the candidates actually um, sort of mention anything like that or just sort of lead off of that? I don't think we specifically asked them <coughs> a question about it in this um, in this this interview, but some of them did briefly touch on it in other answers that they they all seem to want to really talk to the students and involve the students. And, and I think that also touches back on that prominent theme that we saw about unity and yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, I asked a question uh, in our little forum that didn't get printed in our newspaper, but I asked um, Cindy Goldberg if um, her involvement and as a managing director of the Canadian Schools Foundation, if it was a direct conflict of interest with, um, if she were to get her seat on the school board, um, because they almost work hand in hand, and um, she has a really, um, she has a lot of good connections with teachers, um, a really good relationship with teacher schools because of the role that the Canadian Schools Foundation plays. Um, so my question was, if she was to get elected, would she step down from um, her her? Uh, position on the on the Canal Schools Foundation and um, she said she wouldn't 
um, because she doesn't think it's a conflict of interest. Um, but that's one of my main things because um, the school board actually determines um, teachers' wages because they approve the budget for the district. Um, and if she says favors a couple teachers over another or she would rather have teachers have more money than extracurriculars or whatnot, um, that could be a possibility that could happen. Was there any talk of having students working directly with the school board so to get their opinion across so it's more of a unity with the students and the school board? So at a couple forums that I went to um, that we didn't run um, but that were run by other organizations, um, a lot of the school board uh, candidates, or several of them, mentioned a, um, a student candidate, um, a student representative who would sit on the board and who wouldn't necessarily have to have a vote, but who would have a say in um, everything that's going on and who would speak at the, at the board meetings. Um, Bill Gorbach was one of them who mentioned that several times. Um, and so that, that created a lot of controversy as well, which, which was discussed at later school board meetings and public comments, if you go back and watch those. Um, so yeah, so that's been an idea that's been in circulation. They have one in LAUSD, just a student who sits on the board and who helps inform decisions. So really quickly, jumping off the candidates and everything like that, what did you guys personally, as a newspaper and everything, had to do to prepare for this interview? Did you guys have to do a ton of research, or did you develop the questions on your own? How did you, how did you create the format that you wanted to go in? Yeah. So, uh, so for us, we, uh, we looked back at you know, past interviews, and then we also did research about the candidates, uh, and we all uh, like collaboratively worked on it. Uh, just to try to see what the best questions were and also lots of like pressing issues that were uh, plaguing I guess the community so that's what we were trying to go for. And my guess is that you really wanted questions that would spark a conversation and really really get different opinions from the different candidates? Exactly we want to see uh, everybody's opinions. Um, our paper um, looked back at the 2016 election year um, and took some of those questions, and then we also um, took some questions from just kind of the main, the polarized issues in um, the school board right now. Um, and then I also went through, and for each candidate, <coughs> I looked through their Twitter feed, their website, basically anything that I could find online about them mm -hmm. um, to get questions that are specific to them that they could answer, um, that could really give me a um, wider scope of knowledge on what their agendas are and how they plan on addressing issues that are prevalent in our district. When I was making our questions with the other two editors of The Arrow, we basically went on each candidate's website and we made a little list of their platform for each one and then we found the common threads that each of those candidates was talking about to find the things that a lot of the candidates were passionate about or talking about so we could hit on those points in our questions. And then also back with our um, common experiences that we had last year while paying attention to different school board issues. Uh, so last year, um, the, a few people from each of the three newspapers got together and wrote an editorial stating our concerns about the um, core literature policy 6161. I was one of the ones who wrote it last year and basically that was the first time in my memory that we talked about the, um, that I met with the three other, the two other newspapers and we talked about an issue that we all cared about and got together to do something like that. So. It was uh, interesting to do it again this year in a different way and talk to the um, 
the future school board candidates after doing uh, working with the issue last year. Great. It's pretty awesome. I have uh, one thing to add. So when um, when you ask questions to the candidates, do you, do you think it sort of sparks some more um, some more motivation for the candidates to to fall off of? So if you if you mentioned something that really inspired them to actually go further, do you think that would that would have been a sort of something that they would have done? I think the best questions that we asked were the ones that made the candidates think. Um, when the candidates are stumped, that those are normally like the best questions because it makes them think of something that they've never thought of, um, such as, for instance, like the question we asked about um, funding under uh, funding extracurriculars because there's really no answer to that question. I, I think that it, it was very it was very positive for the board candidates to be asked questions by directly by their constituents as the students. Um, you know, because often our, at the board meetings um, in the past couple of months, students' voices have been, um, you know, kind of disregarded and neglected. Um, and there's been a lot of controversy over how, how much students should be able to speak at board meetings and how seriously people should take them. And so I think it was a very positive experience um, to sit down face to face with the school board members and have them answer our questions, I think it was powerful. Yes. All right, well with that, I'd like to thank you all for coming in again. And uh, Dominic, I hope you had a great time. I did, uh, really happy to hear this. Um, remember, you can find all the candidates' info on the different Panther, Panther Prowler, Lancer, and the Arrow websites, right? And um, it'll be published soon. Really happy to see uh, how this election goes. Um, with that, uh, this is Jackie B signing off. Um, see you next week.